Maybe I'm a four. No, we're seven. Okay, we're seven. We're fucking seven. We're seven? Okay, fine. We are seven. I've yeah. never seen two women so happy to be sevens a in seven? my life. It's because we're realistic. Yeah, yeah. Hi, everyone. Uh, if you don't know, my name is Caitlin, and this is our lovely host, Kate. Hello, everybody. Together, we make up a beautiful. And again, we are the only podcast out there right now really kind of doing what we're doing, recapping yeah. every episode without any spoilers, anything like that. That's right. Mm-hmm. And today is a really fun episode. Oh, yeah. It's one of our family favorites, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, we are talking about how I met everyone <laughs> else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, where an online date from hell gives us the origin stories of everyone else in the group. Um, and plus, we have a very special interview with someone from the Himium universe, Alec Lev. Yay! Um, so his name might not sound familiar, but you definitely know this jack of all trades. So he was Todd of Todd and Valerie, the couple that Marshall and Lily competed with for Van Smoot House in season one. That's right. Mm -hmm. First actor he, that we're having on. I know. This is so exciting. We're legit. Um, he also went to Wesleyan with the creators and was uh, part of the birth of several running gags. Yeah. So it's a really, really exciting episode. Um, I'm so oh, stunned. Episode interview. Yeah, I can't I, even like talk. I can't. I I'm just reminiscing how I'm we were totally freaking out geeked. the whole time. We were just looking at each other in the FaceTime, like screaming internally. It was amazing. Yeah. Couldn't like, you believe know, it. Yeah. It, it was just insane. Yeah. Um, but lately, you guys would be more familiar with his work as the man behind Private Joke. Private Joke. The official How I Met Your Mother behind the scenes podcast that ran for the last three seasons of the show. Yeah. So that podcast has been relaunched, and you've also probably seen Alex work running the Twitter handle at Himium Prod for production. Mm -hmm. Is that how you would say it? Yeah, I think so. That's how I say it. Himium Prod, prod. production. Because I would say production, but prod. You would say Himium Prod. No, that's Prad. Right. Uh, anyway, but he recently put out a call to fans for interview questions for Craig and Carter, and we got the chance to ask some questions ourselves. Yes, and rumor was, has it, the Craig interview has <gasps> happened. So <sighs> that'll be coming out soon, which is so exciting. Very exciting. Yay. Um, so yeah, we're really excited to share a piece of this interview with you guys today. Um, Alec was beyond generous with his time. We were talking to him for almost a complete hour. Yeah. Um, it was nuts. We were going to save it for later in the, uh, later in the season, but this one includes some sign language. So we decided to bump it up and that might not make sense to you, but it is once you hear the interview. Yeah. Right. And, uh, before we get into this fantastic episode, just a couple of little things, uh, that have been happening out and about. Um, first of all, in honor of this week's writer, who happens to be Lady Writer, Gloria Calderon Kellett, um, we'll do the full air horn in just a minute. <laughs> oh. Um, so you're just going to leave that in? Oh, yeah. Just like. <laughs> Keep talking. Leaving it in. 
Oh, great, great, great. Great. So, yeah, so in honor of Gloria Calderon Kellett and her new amazing project that everyone should be watching, I just want to talk a little bit about One Day at a Time. It is a fantastic sitcom on Netflix. If you haven't watched it yet, there are three seasons right now, and it is a show. To me, I've I've said on Twitter, it's like the How I Met Your Mother of this decade because it has heart. It's funny. It's not scared to talk Mm -hmm. about really scary, serious stuff um, like post-traumatic stress and anxiety and sexuality and gender identity. I mean, there's a... Like normal, real-life stuff that... There's a non-binary character. And I mean... You don't see that very often, and it's not handled as this tragic thing, you know? It's just Mm -hmm. people being people and life being funny, and it's this Cuban family. They're fantastic. Rita Moreno is the grandmother, and she is legend, a freaking legend. So get out there and watch it. Show Netflix that they're idiots because they just Mm -hmm. fucking canceled it. And um, but the, we won't talk about the ranch though. That's oh yeah, no shit. All these other shows that are apparently getting watched more, which I don't believe, no, at all. Um, yeah. But the good news is, it seems like everybody is kind of on board to get it to go somewhere else. Uh, Carter Bays posted on Twitter saying that he thinks it should be on a network. So they've been working. Do you think they'd be able to have the same types of storyline? <clears throat> Um, I because I know with Netflix so. and those types of um, venues, yeah. you can have more flexibility more and wiggle room with what you say, what you talk about, how yeah. you say it. Get away with more. Yeah, I would love for them to go to like Hulu or Amazon Prime yeah. or something where they could still keep doing it, and it wouldn't necessarily be based on advertising, right? Because I feel like advertisers mostly do not know what people actually want to watch. And so they're mm-hmm. really weird about things. So I would prefer that. Um, <laughs> but that's just me. I don't care where it ends up. I will record it and watch it. Um, but another very exciting development on this front is that Lin-Manuel Miranda is <sighs> like his mission in life right now is saving this show. He's amazing. Like he just dipped out to L.A. I think yesterday and had lunch with Gloria. So, yeah, yeah. So I mean, you don't say no to freaking Mister Miranda. I know. Imagine, imagine making something that he cared that much about. No, can't imagine it. So the hashtag on Twitter is hashtag save O D A A T save one day at a time. Get out there, watch the show, share the gifts. There are tons mm-hmm. of them, or GIFs, whichever you want to say. And help support a former How I Met Your Mother lady writer. Yeah. And her beautiful, I won't say lady writer again. fantastic project. And then uh, we also got a new review on iTunes. Ooh. This one's from Tish up in Canada, Canada. And uh, Tish, you also know, is one of our p- fantastic patrons. She said, since I started listening to pop culture podcasts, I have been looking for a hymnium pod, and I finally found it. Kate and Caitlin are great hosts and even better friends. What? <gasps> You'll be surprised every once in a while because they have some amazing guests. Oh, my God. <laughs> Surprise. Wow. Timing. Surprise. Really enjoying this podcast and the Hey Beautiful family that mm. they are creating. Thanks, girl. Thank you. That was so nice. That was so nice. And then one last little thing. 
mm-hmm. I believe it was Bethany asked in an email last week or last time if we would be open to taking questions in general, not just legendary moments, questions about the show. And we absolutely are. And mm-hmm. I think we'll read them at the top of the show just to mix things up. So uh, we got a question. Ooh. Yeah. And this is from Russell, who is another one of our patrons, our our friend down in Australia, whom we didn't offend with our I can't accents. believe we didn't offend him. Yeah. He just I'm thought shocked. they were really, really funny. So <laughs> I was relieved <laughs> by that. Um, so Russell asks, hello, K&K. I wanted to ask about the two albums that the Hymian production did. So he's talking about the the two albums of original mm-hmm. How I Met Your Mother songs. I'm just interested in if you had to, had listened to it or not. I've got it downloaded on my iTunes, and I listen to it every time I can. I'm also <laughs> I'm also wondering if you had um, if you had listened to it, if you would be interested in doing a mini podcast about it. So what do you think? I'm totally into into that idea. Yeah, that sounds like a great Patreon perk to me. I agree. Right? Way to like drive for the content you are yeah. looking for, Russell. We we stand a content creator. Yeah. Um yeah, so I mean, I know all the songs. It would be great to just like go through one by one, maybe pick our tops. Yeah. Our most and least favorite, ones that we love the most and all that. For sure. Sound good? Sounds great. All right, we'll put it in the can to uh, do for a Patreon perk. So if you want to get cool extra episodes like that, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash heybeautifulpod. Easy as that. Easy as pie. But it's also free to just leave us a review on iTunes, and we would take that. Very true. (laughs) This episode of Hey Beautiful is brought to you by our Patreon Almighty Five level members, Russell and Tish. Thank you both for your legendary support. And to all of our patrons, we love you. To support the show and get cool perks each month, visit patreon.com slash heybeautifulpod. So this is season three, episode five, How I Met Everyone Else. It first aired on October 22nd, 2007, and was written by Gloria calderon Kellett. Lady writer! Lady writer! I can hear like that, uh, 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 like in my head as I, I know, say. It's so good, lady writer. It's my favorite. Yeah. And our director is Pam Fryman. Yes, love you, bitch. Love it. Um, yeah, so I love this episode. I'm pretty honored that I get to Do got to introduce show. it a little bit. Yay! Yeah, it's a fantastic episode. And now that I know a woman wrote it, it makes so much sense because it's spot. Fucking like on. this is a crazy woman written by and we all a woman, know written by a woman, and yeah, and and she is real. She's fucking as, real. as scary as that may be to some of you. She is real. We all know her, and women know her on this level. Yeah, and if you don't know her, you are her. Yep, <laughs> I'm her. <laughs> We're all her sometimes. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and yeah. I also love that at this point. Now that I've been watching the show so closely, I start to recognize different structures that they use for the episodes. Like this one. What? Well, this one is we sit in the same room. All the present moments mm-hmm. take place in the same place, and it's just all flashbacks. So it's like Lucky Penny when they're at the airport. You know, they use the flashbacks mm-hmm. so it doesn't feel claustrophobic. But if you did stuff in the present, it would be too much. So gotcha. it's just, you know, that very... Um, 
contained sort of structure of an episode. Yeah. Which is a great... I like it, though. Yeah, me too. Oh, it's it works so out perfectly fun. here because it's season three, and now we get to learn how everybody met each other, which is awesome. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah. So now we get to get all about it. So I'm going to just talk a little bit about this incredible guest star. Yes, please Abigail, do. Abigail Spencer. Edit out where I fucked up her name the first time, please. <laughs> she's too good for me to have said Abigail or whatever oh, I did. Oh, oh, oh. She is perfection. She nails this role. Oh, yeah. Again, because she understands this person. We all do. <laughs> and it was written by a woman. So she, I think, could pick up on the, some of the subtle nuances of yeah. the character. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like you could deliver the line however, but she just does it. She understands who blah, blah was. Absolutely. Um, yep. But she's been on a ton of stuff. She's currently on. Timeless. Or right? was on. Suits? What was it? Timeless. I thought that was her big yep, thing timeless. right now, right? I don't know. So it says like Suits is till 2019. So I don't know if that got, I don't think I got canceled. I guess not. It's 2019 right now. Right. But Timeless is 2018. Oh. She was also Dr. Megan Hunt. Her brother's Mike. <laughs> I was thinking <laughs> the same thing. We're so close. I, I had to. Yeah. Um, and on Grey's Anatomy. Oh. She was also on Mad Men. Yes, she was. That's right. Mm-hmm. And that is kind of like the bigger the big ones. I mean, those are the bigger ones. Those are huge shows. Quite the resume. Yeah, totally. I'd be oh, Ghost Whisperer. Can't get that. <gasps> ghost Whisperer. Fucking love that show. Was she a mm-hmm. ghost on it or was she an alive person? I don't know. She probably she played someone named Cindy Brown. Mm. Talk about generic. It sounds She's alive. way too. Sounds alive. It sounds very alive. But <laughs> ghosts have cool names, like Della. Ooh, like Della. Reese. Well, that's just the name of the kid. Ca- oh, it's Delia. Ooh, I couldn't read it. <laughs> I was like Della Reese. She is dead. So oh, R.I.P. And she was in touch by an angel. So checks out. <laughs> anyway. Oh, anyway, she's amazing. So back in the fall of 2007, we know that Ted is dating some girl and he, for the life of him, can't remember her name. So we just call her blah, blah. And I love when she meets the group. She goes, please call me blah. I know. Just kind of shorten it. And I love that little detail. Like, I like when his memory is sort of is extra real. You know, yeah. like there are just some things I don't remember, you know, and. I like when that I like when that comes through. So this is a good little moment of that. But I feel like this is a name you don't want to forget. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, unless he just blacked anyway. her out. <laughs> True. True. Um. So yeah. So Ted's dating this new girl. Uh, Marshall brings up the inevitable. How'd you meet? And blah blah tells him this gorgeous story about meeting in a French fusion cooking class, and everyone had a partner except her. And then she looks over, and it's her and Ted. And oh, it was so magical. Mm. Except we know that it wasn't. We get a flashback to before blah blah arrived at the bar, and Ted is totally blowing her cover and making the mistake of telling his friends about this cover story before they meet her. Right. Like, tell them after. Yeah, he was dumb. 
But I mean, I guess they could have been like French Fusion, Ted. You never went to that. You know, like maybe he knew that they knew that it wasn't going to work out. Like it wasn't going to true curl all the way over for his friends. So the flim flam wasn't flammy. It was not enough. flammy enough. Or was it too flammy? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, I always get the two confused. Um, but yeah, she's embarrassed that they met online yeah. because there is a stigma. Apparently, there definitely was in 2007. There was in 20 yeah and 20 2007. What was I going to say? Yeah. Yes, in 2007 there was. It was definitely fading. But I remember people saying that like there's not a stigma anymore. Yeah. Or being embarrassed about meeting online. So stupid. As a lesbian, that was never a thing because we all just know that, like, pickings are slim. Yeah. You know? You gotta like, do what you gotta you're, do. You're, I'm gonna end up dating someone that's, like, a, a state over from me. Like, that's just how it is because I don't want to be stuck with the fucking bitches in my area. That didn't work yes. out. So. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> so, you know, again, Ted reassures him that there's no stigma. <clears throat> but... Again, he knows Barney and Marshall. Right. Anyway, Barney rightly assumes that she's hot. And, you know, I love the way he phrases that question. So she's hot. And Ted's like, yeah, she's like fucking gorgeous. And then she's Barney crazy. Immediately, <laughs> yeah. Barney immediately says like, oh, okay. This, then she's crazy. Yep. Because you only go online if you are, if, as a woman, if you're crazy, a hooker, or a dude. Mm. And Ted disagrees, but Barney then enlightens him about this little thing called the hot crazy scale, mm-hmm. which I, for my entire life, have always called it the crazy hot scale. Oh. Um, so I have a hard time with that. So if you hear me slip up, I apologize already. It's fine. I would like to point the listener's attention to the fact that there is a blog post about the hot crazy scale. Perfect. Yep. And if you are also wondering where you fall on the hot crazy scale, there's a little quiz. No. Yes. We need to take this quiz and see where each of us land. I know. I have a feeling I'm in the Shelly Gillespie zone and that's where I want to live. On Barney's list. That was like the creepy... The creepy area where the girl's yeah. like ugly and tried to kill him. I'm like, that's with a brick. That's where I want to live. All right, yeah. let me pull up this hot crazy scale. Quiz. Here, I have the link right here. You want me to send it to you? <gasps> yeah, thanks. Are we gonna? Do you want to do it right now? Yeah. Okay. I want to so know what I am. So you do have to like plot coordinates. Oh wow. Okay. So you answered this question. So I'll read them out loud. You're walking down the street and seeing that Damon. You, A, gawk from afar and let him pass unbothered. B, run up to him and beg to have his babies. Or C, stab him with a pen. A. What's your answer? Yeah. A, it's Matt Damon. Yeah. I don't even know if I would I Yeah, I wouldn't. Gawk. I would just let him pass unbothered. Can mm-hmm. I have the second half of that right. answer? I'd be like, oh, he looks like my brother. Weird. <laughs> oh, you're a lot shorter than I thought. Yeah, right. Your head's bigger, though. Oh, wait, are you recording the responses? Yeah. Okay. You're driving on the freeway and someone cuts you off. You, A, take a deep breath, count to 10, and do a random act of kindness. B, hold down your horn and scream obscenities. Or C, stab him with his own broken windshield wiper. Jesus, a lot of stabbing. <laughs> I am B in this situation. B. B? Okay. Yeah. All right. What's the next one? You see a kitten stuck in a tree. You, A, call the fire department and wait for professional help. 
B, climb up and rescue it, then take it home to join the 125 other cats you currently care for. <laughs> or C, stab, stab it. it with a branch. No. <laughs> uh, probably B. I would have to say A, you just be- because I don't have any cats because Chris is allergic. Oh, but you wouldn't climb up there for the baby? Well, it's the second half of the answer mm, I can't gotcha. like commit to. Yeah. So if I can do parts of the answers, then I would definitely climb up. I would gawk at a far from it. Mm. Can I switch like the parts <laughs> of the sentences I want? <laughs> so do you want to say B or A for that? I'll do a B. Both climb in the tree. All right, next. All right. So obviously yes, it's written a while ago, so just change oh, no. out the gendered. Gotcha, gotcha. You're on a date with a fellow and it's not going well. You explain to him you're just not compatible and offer to split the check. Start a small fire in the ladies' bathroom, (laughs) thus evacuating the restaurant and ending your date. (laughs) See, finish your decadent five-course dinner, then stab him with a lobster claw. (laughs) See. Same. I want that fucking five-course dinner. And a lobster claw, that's not that, that's kind of dull. So. I know. It'd be like, hee hee. Yeah. You could play it off. Bye. Stab, stab. <laughs> All right. Next one. Your boss makes a pass at you. Ooh. Ew. You, A, report to human resources. Mm-hmm. B, go for it, then blackmail him for the rest of his natural life. <laughs> or C, stab him with his tie. Dumb. <laughs> Dumb. I mean, I guess. B. You would go B. I'd say A for that. Okay. Oh. Just because I wouldn't fuck him. (laughs) You know, that's the big part of it. Wait, is it like your real life boss? I think so. Oh. Or just like, I mean, I'm sure it's not. Go with B. That's a good one. All right. What's the next one? If if I had a boss who made a pass at me, let's just say that. I would definitely strongly consider. The blackmail? Nice. Yeah. Nice. I've seen enough. I've seen enough shows. I know how to like. I've seen enough Lifetime movies. No. Yeah, it'll end very well yeah. for me. Yeah, obviously. You're right. Six, the barista screws up your double skim, half calf, no sugar added caramel macchiato. You drink whatever she gives you so as not to create a scene, throw the scalding hot beverage into the barista's face, or C, stab her with a coffee cup. A. A. Because we're pussies. Well, also, you don't fuck with people who make your food. Yeah, no, I, w- and I would not treat service workers like that. So Definitely not. If that makes me not crazy, then I'm not fucking crazy. All right, next. I uh, Yeah, I'll go back up and I'll do a C. I'll stab somebody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Christmas, a time of giving, charity, and joy. One of the Salvation Army Santas won't stop ringing the bell in front of your apartment. You, A, thank him for doing the Lord's work and give generously. B, tart and feather him from your fifth floor balcony. Or C, stab him with his bell, then steal his bucket. B. Well, yeah, definitely B. <laughs> because, you know, I hear a lot of things about Salvation uh-huh. Army. Yeah, no. I'm just going to say that. Give anywhere else, guys. Just yeah. know that. Your grandparents are in town visiting. You, A, happily show them around town, taking extra special care of them. A, obviously, you don't have to yeah. no other answer matters. Or B. <gasps> berate them for the measly 12 bucks they gave you on last year's birthday. Wow. Stab them with their denture? Jesus. Come on. Come on. A. A is both for us. Okay, next you one. Find, you find a wallet in the middle of the street. You, A, locate the wallet's owner and return it as found. No. 
B, steal the person's identity and live as them. Or C, locate the wallet's owner and stab them with their license. <laughs> uh, probably, I'll go with B. A, like I've, I did that. I was, when, um, you I took the train to Boston. Identity? A. Oh, A, okay. And on, when I sat down, I put my stuff down and noticed on the floor in front of me under the seat was a, a little like purse, like a mm-hmm. change purse kind of thing. Yeah. Or a uh, wristlet. That's the name. Mm. Bad with those things. So I asked the girls in front of me if they had dropped it and they said no. I'm like, oh shit. So I open it up and it's some girl who lives in Brooklyn. Oh, her no. Passport. No. And a temporary debit card. Oh, so she already was like. She was gone. Yeah, but the fact that she had a temporary debit card in there, she loses her shit all the time. Yes, she does, because I spoke to her father. <laughs> How did you get her father's phone number? So in the passport, you have to have, like, in case of in case this is found, contact. Oh, my and God. she put her dad's cell phone. That's nice. So I called. Nobody answers. I sent a text message. I said, if this is, is this blah blah's, oh, <laughs> blah blah, <laughs> is this blah blah's? Um, cell phone number. If so, I have your passport. And then I didn't get a response. Mm. And then I got a phone call and they said, do you have so-and-so's passport? And I said, I do. And they said, um, or I said, can you please give me her birth date and her address? Nice. And he was able to do that. And he said that that it's, it's his daughter. Mm-hmm. She was coming home from Brooklyn. She lives um, a, in a town right next to us. Okay. Or close by to, to us. Yeah. Um, and she was coming home because she lost her, she needed to get her, lost her debit card. Oh my God. And her license was expired. Oh, and needed to get a girl. new one. Like, she it was bad. She a boyfriend because my brother is looking and they sound it, like they are perfect for each other. It was bad. It was really, really bad. Oh, God. Like, all the things. He was like, oh, my God, I can't believe you did this for me, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, well, I'm on my way to Boston now. I'm going for a work conference. I'll be back, you know, late Friday night. I can put it in the mail as soon as I get to Boston, but it's going to be Wednesday. Like, I can get it to you and hand deliver it to you because he is the general manager of a local um, car dealership. Oh, wow. Yeah. And... He was going to be at work that Saturday morning, so oh, I just drove nice. over and gave it to him. You're so nice. I know. I'm a good Samaritan. Yeah, see, I'm somewhere between that and the the identity thing. I just want the money that's in the wallet. I don't want any other shit. But if there's cash, I don't want, I'm taking it. I don't want any of that just because I've lost stuff before, and it just feels really bad. That's fair, I guess. But I'm all for you doing it if it makes you feel good. Thanks, friend. All right. What's, all right, last one. Ready? Last one, Yes. Another swap out the gender. Your boyfriend proposes you, A, tearfully admit that you're already married but not opposed to polygamy. (laughs) Say, B, you say, honestly, we've had a lot of great times together, but I just don't see a future between us, thus breaking his heart. Mm. Or thus breaking his heart. Then you pick up the pieces of said broken heart and stab him with it. Jesus. Or C, say yes, yes, a million times yes. So that's the craziest one? I'm C. Yeah, C. C and C. So you get zero points for every A, one point for every B, and two points for every C. Hmm. Take that number, divide it by two, and you now have your crazy number. All right, zero. Hang on. So one, zero for A, one for B, two for C. 
Mm-hmm. All right, so we'll I probably have, have a lot of ones. So I have one, two, four, five, six. Eight, because it was two for C, right? Mm-hmm. My score is eight. I'm going to do yours Okay, now. now divide that by two, and that's your crazy number. Four. Okay, so what's my crazy number? Yours is one, two, four, five, six, eight as well. Duh. We both got the same crazy number. Okay, so I divide that half. My crazy number is four. Yep. Now... This is Using serious. your self-assigned hot number, find your position on the Sins and Hot Crazy scale. Mm. Remember, you want to find yourself looking on the hot side, not the crazy side. If your results are not to your liking, please adjust your appearance or personality wow. accordingly. Um, hmm, how hot am I? That's hard to say. I'd say we're both solid seven eights. Really? All right. Yeah. I'll give myself a seven. Well, I, okay. So I was going to say solid sevens. Yeah. But I didn't want you to think that I didn't think you were attractive. You don't need to enough. say I'm an eight. I'm not an eight. <laughs> I, well, I just, like, if you felt you're an eight, no, you're an eight. You I feel you're like, a 10, you're 10. I was literally like, well, four is just south, just north of the line. Maybe I'm a four. But, like, no, not we're in like sevens. A, okay. We're, we're, we're more attractive than seven. We're sevens. Okay. <laughs> we're more attractive than the average five. I think that's true. That's true. I'm not a five. And we have great fucking personalities, right. which increases our yeah. hotness an extra point. Okay, fine. We are sevens. I've yeah. never seen two women so happy to be sevens a in seven? my life. It's because we're realistic. Yeah, yeah. Well, seven. and also a 10 on Barney's scale is like big fake tits. Yes. Nothing upstairs. But it's yourself appointed. That's true. That's true. I'm a seven. So how do you think about yourself? I'm a seven. Yeah, we're I'm fine we're with that. Well above the well well above the Mendoza diagonal. So that was yeah. that was fun. So everyone, I hope you played along at home. Let us know what your uh, where you fall on the line. Ooh, so we can screenshot that picture of the hot crazy scale Ooh, and yeah, with our plot or make our, we can make our own. Yeah. So it's not like the same graphic Yeah, and we could post it on Twitter and have people save it, Ooh, mark yeah. it, post it. Yeah, we'll do that. All right. So wait for our hot crazy scale. And then we want to see where your plot lies. That'll yeah. be amazing. Yay. Yay. All right, cool. So yes, yeah, so we learned about the hot crazy scale. Mm-hmm. And we didn't even talk about what that is. I know. We just jumped right into it. So what Barney tells us is that a girl can only be as crazy as she is hot. And you want to be above what's called the Vicky Mendoza diagonal, Mm -hmm. which is this woman he dated who would do things that made her seem more hot or less or and more or more crazy. Mm -hmm. Right. So she would lose 10 pounds and then stab him with a fork. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And then she'd get a boob job and, or maybe that's the one that's stepping with a fork. Shave her head, get a boob job, right? Yeah. Where did, why did I miss that oh. part? The shave your head. Hmm. I don't know why I have that. I have like where he went in the plot. Yeah. But not that part. Anyway. I was thinking like, is there a, a similar oh, there, scale for men? Cause I don't think it would be hot, crazy. I feel like it would be like hot, douchey. Psycho? Or psycho. Yeah. We could have a lot of scary ones. But, like, is there any like level crazy- of psycho that is, like, okay in a guy? I don't think so. I feel like douchey. Douchey is better. Like the hot douchey scale. Maybe we'll make that, too. 
Hot or asshole? Mm. Douche is good. Yeah. Hot douchey scale. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. You can only be so douchey for how hot you are. That's fair. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Um, all right. But I love he says she'd play jump rope with that line. That's right. She'd shave her head, lose 10 pounds, stab him with a fork, get a blue job. Yep. Boob job. <laughs> and the conversation ends with Barney, who loves lying uh-huh. to people, not being sure that he can play along. Yeah, and I mean, he always expects Ted to play along with his flim-flams and his lies, but this mm-hmm. is different. This is, this isn't Ted. Like, Ted isn't like this, and he's not doing this of his own free will. Like, Barney knows right. that Ted is doing this because sort of he he's ba- being bamboozled by this woman because she's bad for him. Right. So Bar- this is another occasion. Another one of, like, of him doing that. What were you going to say? Yeah. So, like, Barney, like, being okay. Yeah, and it's... Um, Looking out for his friend. It reminds me of Game Night, where he didn't want to tell Victoria that he had dated Robin. And Barney was very okay, very unokay with keeping that secret. Because Ted isn't a dishonest guy. Yeah, Barney is. Right. Right. So he's, you know, helping his friend stay true to himself. Um, mm-hmm. Back to the present... Barney starts, I think, my favorite part of this episode, which is just constantly telling this bitch she's crazy. She's crazy. It's mm-hmm. crazy how cute that story is. <laughs> and she, like, kind of looks at him, yeah. like, gives him a side eye. Yeah. Yeah, they have some little back and forths that are that yeah. are great. Um, and then Ted is just desperate already to take the heat off of Blah Blah and himself. It- it hurts yeah. almost. So he turns and immediately tells Marshall and Lily to tell their story of how they met, knowing that it's so perfectly choreographed that it's going to, you know, just change the mood in the room and it's not something he has to worry about. Because as anybody knows who's been together for a few years or more, you get used to telling that story. Mm-hmm. And it also kind of, like here, takes on a life of its own, whereas there's this whole... I felt drawn to room 110. There's no way some mm-hmm. freshman in college felt that. A, choreog- a choreographed dance. I love yeah. that. That's how they f- phrase it because that's really what it is. Right. As if she knew. And if and I opened the door and it was love at first sight. Mm. And we find out immediately that that is not how it really happened the first time. Because. <laughs> won't attack it. Won't attack it. I can't do that voice. I practiced a few times. It's just not a good idea. Oh, I love it. Um, so, of course, blah blah because she's batshit has to kick it up a notch. She has to one up the best couple in the world mm-hmm. by making up this fully wild story about she knew in her heart the way Marshall and Lily knew, that Ted was going to very specifically take her up on the roof, kiss her, and give her a red rose. Say aww! <laughs> like, fuck, I know, right? Ooh. That's the first, like, what the fuck? When, when Chris heard that line the first time we watch it, like, he does this very specific, like, surprised, can't contain it laugh. Yeah. And it's so delicious, and... I can like hear it in my head. Bone chilling. He 
it yeah like what like holy shit this bitch is crazy yeah yeah and Ted is just in full denial. Like, blah blah gets up to buy some drinks, and he's like, "No, she's not crazy. Just crazy generous. Crazy generous. Like, dude, take off the sex goggles for real. It's unbelievable." Um, and blah blah wants to know how everybody met. Yeah. So she wants to know how the couples met, right? So she thinks yep. Marshall and Lily are a couple, and then she turns to Robin and Barney. <laughs> And no, 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 16 no's really. And I, I think Neil Patrick Harris counted every time. I remember reading that. Yeah. Or I just feel like it's him. Um, on the bloopers you can see, cause there, I think there's like a different number a couple times, but that's amazing to count in the moment. Cause it was one shot. It's hard. I tried. <laughs> or maybe he knows that it's hard. And so he's just doing a close guess. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I don't care enough to go oh, back and no. watch and count. Whatever but. it was, Liz, both we she watched it with me both times this week. Fucking full panic laughter at, yes. at Robin doing that and Barney just watching her just <laughs> dig and dig herself in. And um, so blah blah, of course, is panicked about the fact that Robin is pretty and single and friends with Ted. And now we know that she doesn't know that they dated. So we're back to the Victoria thing. So now there's this pattern of Ted not telling mm-hmm. people that he dated Robin, which is fucking weird. It's very weird. It's really weird. And it's especially or do you weird think it's- now because he actually dated her. I mean, Victoria, it was just a re-return situation, but they didn't, they didn't actually date yet. Do you think he's... Feels weird about bringing it up because they all still hang out and are friends. Yeah. Yeah, and like, I, but I also think that he doesn't want but that you, girl but then to be how jealous. Do you, like, there's a lot of different things. The bottom line is she probably shouldn't be hanging out with them. Like, right. But he likes her more than he cares about these girls. So he keeps, mm-hmm. he, he wants to preserve the friendship more than the relationship. Agreed. That just continues to be the truth. So, um, mm, okay. So, so Ted again grabs the camera, like pulls it away from from mm-hmm. finding out about how Robin and Ted met, and begs Marshall to help him tell the story of how they met. And this is amazing. So in season two, we learned that Marshall thought Ted was the dean on his first day of college. We know that Marshall was high and uh, that when Ted came in, he thought he was the dean. So here we get to see that scene play out in real time. And it is just a fantastic moment of misunderstandings. Uh, We get... So unfair. So unfair. We get sandwiches for the first time. Yes. The introduction of sandwiches into Himyum culture, Mm -hmm. which, of Mm -hmm. course, is uh, marijuana, in case you weren't following along at home. And so Marshall's eating a big sandwich in the room, and the next person who walks in after someone says the dean is coming happens to be Ted looking like a dean. Looking very mature. Right. So mature with his spectacles. Though we now know they're only decorative. <laughs> his big curly little, big curly mop and his blazer. Oh, it looks so bad. Oh, God. And um, I thought it was a very interesting line. My parents are going to donate a lot of money to this school. 
after all we know about Aunt Becky. Aunt Becky now. <laughs> I was like, wow. Very timely. Yeah, soup's timely. Um, and Ted claims the top bunk. And this is when Marshall realizes the dean is his roommate. And that's when he says, this is so unfair. <laughs> and they didn't realize that Ted wasn't the dean until later that night. Mm-hmm. When he walks in on Ted eating a big old sandwich himself. Mm-hmm. I freaking love it. He's like, you're not the dean. <laughs> they both just laugh. So amazing. It's so good. Um, back in the bar, Robin makes like an offhand generic comment. College, good times. Just very meaningless, yeah. but not too blah, blah. Because no. she like snaps, like, oh, I get it. Ted told you I didn't go to college. Now you're giving me a cute little backhanded slap. And I was like, is blah blah attracted to Robin? Mm. And then she says, but you know what? While Robin, she's like, while you were majoring in being freaking beautiful, she was starting her own line of handbags. Yeah, there's something there. Yeah. There's something. Bitch is cray. Bitch is cray. Crazy in love with Trubotsky. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Oh, God. So I just the remember, handbags. like, cracking up, being like, what a cute little backhanded slap, and then majoring in being freaking beautiful. Mm-hmm. And this is another one of those times where um, our guest star, Abigail Spencer, really shines. Oh, yeah. With the delivery. Oof, so good. You know? Oh, my God. And the handbags, like, that detail. Your own line of handbags. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Barney. And then she says, have you ever sold anything in Japan? So specific. So crazy. So Robin tries to make amends by asking if she could buy one of the bags. Like, where could she buy mm-hmm. one? But again, she is, that's another dig at Blah Blah because she doesn't have a distributor here yet. Thanks for rubbing it in. <laughs> Why are you trying to undermine me in front of Ted? What the fuck? Ooh. Out of nowhere. Yeah. And she, yeah, Robin has said like literally like 10 words. Like she's been really good on her best behavior yeah. knowing that this bitch is crazy and she's like don't play with fire Oof, god you know yep. she's tiptoeing yep absolutely but now that crazy bitch has her eyes on robin sights are set man sights are set mm-hmm. and robin you know tries to just tell blah blah like you know she really has nothing to worry about and blah blah makes a comment about that being like strange and asking um, she tries like turning around on Robin because she's making everyone really uncomfortable. Dude, this is some mean girl bullshit. This is this is like middle school crazy. Mm-hmm. The gaslighting, yes, full gaslighting. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So if you've ever wondered what it's like to be a middle school girl, this is a little taste. Yeah, yep. But this is only one, and when they're in packs Ooh. or hives, they're even worse. Ooh, chilling, truly yeah. chilling. Again, Ted jumps in to try and defuse things. He tells Barney to please God tell the story of how they met each other. Because, of (laughs) of course, that's what Barney cares about. And my favorite line, he gets right in her face. This is a crazy story. You're going to love it. It's just so obvious. And I just imagine being one of his friends and just trying so hard not to laugh at him doing this so obviously. But sometimes with crazy people, you really can get pretty obvious and they won't know. They don't. 
They, as we'll see later. Yeah. So uh, Barney is, it's 2001. Uh, Barney is in one of his season one suits with the pinstripe and the black shirt and the crazy tie. His hair is less blonde. Um, mm-hmm. He's talking to Ted at the urinals. Ted with the goatee. So maybe he's going through a breakup. He does like the facial hair for the breakup, right? And True. he feeds Ted this story about taking his deaf brother out for the first time since their mom died. Is that what it was? A- yep. And yep. Uh, turns out it's not a real story. I mean, Ted's very apologetic as they're both there holding their dicks. And <laughs> turns out it's just a toy. It's just a play to get a girl at the end of the bar to talk to him or to sleep with him. Let's be honest. And um, he's definitely more suit guy than Barney in this in this scene. So they do a good job of showing Barney sort of before he becomes friends with human people because mm-hmm. he sounds a lot more like Greg. Yeah. From like game night. You oh, know? Yeah. You know, he's like, oh, you're a total idiot, Ted. Like he just has <sighs> this tone that is very suit guy. Yeah. Instead of bro. Barney, which is like a little... A little buffed out. Softer. A little softer yeah. around the edges because he's become friends with people with, like, empathy and souls and, like, mm-hmm. real personalities. That the old Barney's coming out a little bit. Exactly. Because it's 2001. Mm-hmm. It was. It's old Barney. Um, yeah. And so, <laughs> so he tells Ted, I like you, Ted. And he walks out. And then we cut to a few minutes later and Barney slides in next to Ted and says, I'm going to teach you how to live. And we've heard Barney say this before to Ted. Mm-hmm. And have we seen this scene before? I had read that we did. I feel like we did and Ted didn't have facial hair. But I feel like he always had facial hair. I don't remember where what episode it was. Um, I'm going to This is the scene I was talking with. about that I thought we... I, what I had read was that it was in the pilot and I was going to do a rewatch of the pilot. Mm. And then... I didn't. Yeah, maybe it was just, I think it might have just been like the slide in and I'm going to teach you how to live and then it was over. But this is the part that I, you fucked me up. I fucked you up? What did I do? Yeah, with, um, what the heck was her name? The one who plays in the reggae band. Oh, um. Whatever her name was. Stacy. Stacy. She looked familiar to me and you said, no, she's familiar from the show. So I'm like. This scene is familiar, but this is an episode I've seen many, many, many times. So this... So I have no idea. I don't trust myself anymore. I was like, <laughs> you're remembering it from the show. That's so I was like, I have to do a rewatch. It's a real no. thing, though. It's a real thing. It is. Yeah. And now it's, I'm just like... Fuck. It's like, oh, this looks familiar. Oh, it's like in, because you, you've watched you it. You incepted me. I'm sorry. It's Inception. I'm sorry. I inceptioned you. Um, so... <laughs> So he starts telling Ted all these lessons that we've heard before, you know, um, wear a suit, don't think about get, getting married until you're 30, and then... The usual advice. The usual advice that one gives another stranger. Yeah. And then this girl comes over from the bar. It's the blonde at the end of the bar with whom Barney has apparently tricked... Whom Barney mm-hmm. has apparently tricked with the story about the deaf brother. So... <laughs> Barney hasn't bothered to learn any sign language for this bit. Which is, I feel like he likes those details. Now he does. This is. Oh, oh right. This is old Barney. This is old Barney. So, I mean, he. Yes. Maybe this is one of those times that he realized mm. 
he couldn't couldn't do it alone. Yeah, like he had he needed and he needed more of like a backstory too and and brains behind it and not just uh not just a very thin, He couldn't wing it anymore. Yeah, not on his yeah. own. Not on his own. So, I love when Barney though gets right up into Ted's face. Edward, this is Audrey. Like I can't, I'm like, I was going to put my face right by the mic, but that didn't make sense. Yeah. And then I didn't feel like leaning all the way over to the monitor. I just love it. And turns out, oh, fuck, Barney, the girl knows sign language. And it turns out Ted uh, knows some, too. Huh. And so Barney is so impressed with this wingmanship from a, tr- a stranger because Barney mm-hmm. thinks that Ted told the girl to give Barney her phone number. And that's how they became friends, because Ted just did him such a solid. Mm-hmm. However, we then find out that, as an update to the story, Ted told this girl basically to run for her life and give the guy a fake number. Just so amazing. But that was such a poor move on Ted's part, because then Barney's like, well, fuck that, and stops playing along. What do you mean? Because that's when, right? Then he says, well, at least I didn't resort to meeting her in a desperate way. that's right. Yeah, yeah. Ted fucked himself by coming out with that then. Yeah, like he was trying to look cool or funny or I don't know, but he just shouldn't. He got too big for his britches. Shot himself in the Icarus fell, flew too close to the sun. That's right. And hey, speaking of sign language. Yeah. This would be a great time to Mm -hmm. put in a little bit of our interview with the fantastic kind generous uh, multi-talented gem. gem of a human multi-talented mr alec lev okay okay we're recording now awesome <sighs> I'm we're really <laughs> nervous guys nervous. got nervous poos <laughs> uh, i'm so scared okay I know. Did you just text me fuck? Yeah. You're such a dork. I think I'm going to pass out. Yeah, this is like, this is a lot. It's okay. It's all right. Do we're I tell cool him that? He comes I in. Like, I'm sorry if I don't, no. if I forget how to read. No, no. we're just, reading we're for, cool. We've, since I was four. We've been here before, yeah, right? It's cool. Super Natch. Super Natch. Friends, I am so excited to introduce our guest today. This is our first legit Himium insider, someone who worked on the show, both behind and in front of the camera. He's crazy multi-talented, working in showbiz, on political campaigns, and as an American Sign Language interpreter. Uh, You know him as the voice behind Private Joke, the official behind-the-scenes podcast of How I Met Your Mother, and Todd of Todd and Valerie from Season 1, Alec Lev, welcome to Hey Beautiful. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here. Um, I know you've got a busy schedule and you're off to teach some ASL workshops of all things. This is true. That's that's so exciting. So how did you how did you get into that? I just have to ask. Um, I will tell you, and it will link back to how I met your mother, as all things do. Um, I uh, went to Wesleyan, like like. Uh, the characters on the show and um, like Craig and Carter, that's where we all met. And 
one day, a freshman year, a friend of mine said, hey, I just took an American Sign Language, ASL1, you should do it. I said, okay. And I, <laughs> I did. And I got into it. Um, one of the teaching assistants was actually deaf and uh, pretty cute. And she and I wound up dating for a couple of years. And then I worked in deaf theaters and just found one day that I was fluent and so wow. have done a lot of uh, interpreting and then also working in deaf theater, working on film uh, with using sign language in various ways. And in the moments where uh, I remember now, see, this is going to be the first time where I say, I can't remember. I'm going to be, I'm going to be, I'm going to be like, I'm testifying before the Senate here. I can't, I can't recall, but there is some sign yeah. language in how I met your mother. Um, yes. Steven, one of the writers, uh, is, is at the end of one of the episodes. And I think Josh, I think Ted does a little bit. Also, I was the one that taught the sign language. Yeah, I can think of two points where Ted does that's a little really sign language. Cool. So that's amazing. Yeah. That is so cool. That, and it all ties back. It all does. That's amazing. I didn't know that you guys all went to school together. That's that's wild. Well, I always I, I always say if you want to succeed in Hollywood, you need to work really hard. You need to always uh, improve your skills. And then your best <laughs> friend from college has to create a television show and hire you. <laughs> naturally i mean that's just the way it that's, goes yeah. right that's, that's my book my book is very short Easy that is my I love that's it. my book on succeeding in hollywood so alec i have to ask you a question um <laughs> as somebody who is from the area around where wesleyan is did you guys ever go to ted's steamed cheeseburgers you know oh boy i i don't like cheese so oh. we we have our first problem here but i do enjoy hamburgers and the answer is no <laughs> Um, I also, so the Wesleyan <laughs> is in, is in Middletown, Connecticut, which when I was there was just getting out of its classic, um, mobbed up kind of dirt baggy mm. ma- main street, which it, which it was <laughs> now, it's, now it's much nicer. And then <laughs> mm. the national theater of the deaf, where I did a lot of Deaf Theater is in Chester, Connecticut, just about 10, 20 minutes down the road. Um, so I spent a lot of time there, but there was no Ted Cheeseburger for me. That's so cool. Did you grow up in Connecticut? Because we both did. I did not. Oh. I grew up in the city of uh, New York, in Manhattan, in the heart of the beast. Wow. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So, And also, you worked on Obama's campaign? I did. I did. And... Um, uh, let's see, the election was 08, 07. So in December of 06, I created what we later all decided must have been the first L.A.-based uh, Obama for president group. It was me, another guy running it, and there were seven people at our first event, uh, then about 12 at our next, and then... Obama announced that he was actually running mm. and we had about 250 people at our third event. Wow. That's and incredible. then over the next two years, the campaign came to town and we kind of melded with them. And then I used one of the many ways that I use my sign language to, you know, do cool things is I said, Hey, when the candidate is here, I'll, I'll interpret for him. You don't have to pay me or anything. And so um, I have, uh, I got to do that quite a bit while, while he was in town in that first campaign. It was super cool. You interpreted for Barack Obama. 
I interpreted for, as I like to say, three presidents, two Broadway shows, and one Beatle. I interpreted uh, the 2004 Republican National um, Convention in New York City. So I interpreted for George W. Bush and everyone else who was there. And that can actually be seen in a movie called Conventioneers, uh, which... Uh, you can illegally find on YouTube. We don't know how it got there, but you should also get it on iTunes and all other things. It's a very cool movie with some with some sign language in it, wow. and me and and George W. Bush. And then I got to interpret for uh, President Clinton when he was giving a after he was president when he was giving a speech at a at a university, and then for President Obama a few times. Wow. That's incredible. That has taken you all kinds of places I I wouldn't expect. That's amazing. I know. Yeah. All right. So let's talk How I Met Your Mother. So you were the the new media director from 2010 through the end of the show. So like season five, six-ish. What kind of stuff were you doing for the show during that time? Uh, New media director, by the way, a, a, a phrase I completely made up at the time that was taken from the Obama campaign when they hired me they knew kind of what they wanted me to do and they're like what should you call yourself and I was like new media director like sure that sounds like a thing um so um from season yeah six to nine most of the videos that you would have seen online in conjunction with the show um the Ted Mosby remix the Schmosby (gasps) remix the crying um, remix the crying remix so i edited that um and all other sorts of insanity um anytime that they mentioned a website on the air um i wouldn't build the website other people would do that but i would be involved in buying that url and making sure we had the website and stuff (laughs) like that um i also made from season six to nine, I produced all of the DVD special features uh, that went on the, the the sets, and I filmed and edited a lot, most of those, along with um, Jesse Olson Milkman, who was my uh, who worked with and for me during this time, also creating the podcast with me, also shooting and editing all those behind the scenes features. Wow! Yeah. Oh my gosh! So uh, there those little bits have made the show like those little, those little hints and the fact that those websites existed in the real world and everything. That was just such, those were such great little Easter eggs. Yeah. Yeah. So that's so cool to, to know that that was you. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, you know, the credit all goes to Craig and Carter. I mean, this is pretty early on. It's not the beginning of the internet quite, but this wasn't really a thing. I can't really point to too many other TV shows that were doing anything like this and that they wanted as full a world as they could get and to let the fans, you know, chase through the rabbit hole of not only the story, but of the greater universe um, you know, there were, um, there was those honeymoon videos. Um, yeah. we're talking about those on Thursday. <laughs> okay. So I, what did I do with those? I, someone else made those, but I, as the producer of the DVDs got them onto the DVD sets. Um, oh. so yeah, so that, that, that larger world was something they wanted to have. And, 
um, basically the beginning of each year, we would sit down with the people at 20th Century Fox and with Craig and Carter, think about what episodes were going to happen over the course of the season as much as they knew, and look for what are the special episodes that we want to do some special things with. But sometimes it also happened at the last minute, like, hey, we just decided to mention this website. Can you go buy this and make a thing? Wow. That's yeah. awesome. That is really cool. So you did mention the podcast. What was it like um, making that? You know, it just got re-released this year. So fun for us. Yeah. Um, so I was in an, soon after I was hired, I was in an airport reading, because I'm, because this is how cool I am. I was reading a Mac user magazine and it was something about how to make your own podcast. And I was like, huh, we should make a podcast for this show. And I called the guys and they're like, yeah, make a podcast. Um, and then we just bought a couple of microphones and I worked in a, um, an office on the first floor of this building where the second floor was the show was the show's offices. The first floor was just the actor's dressing room and me. Oh, cool. (laughs) Um, and my room was, Oh, round about, I don't know, 10 by 10 on a good day, maybe eight by eight, (laughs) no wind, no windows, which actually is very good for recording. Um, one desk where I sat with, uh, the person who worked with me, First was a woman named Abby, and then Jesse took over. And we would just have them come into the room. And I don't know when this is being released, but this week on the re-release, which I'll tell you about, Kyle McLaughlin was the guest. And I have such a terrible memory, as I have already previewed. It wasn't that I forgot that I interviewed him, but it definitely wasn't like forefront in my mind. Like, I interviewed Kyle McLaughlin. I mean, that's... Awesome. Yeah. I sat in a tiny, tiny room with Kyle McLaughlin talking about Twin Peaks. And every time there was another guest, it really was was kind of as mind-blowing as you think. It was it was it was amazing. Having I had Martin Short across the desk from oh me. Oh my God. And I I made a small fool of myself in front of him right away where he sat down and we sit there and there's sort of a pause and he says, Where are the cameras? And I said, oh, no, 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 this is, a, this is an audio podcast. I, I guess that makes it much easier. And he said, I'm pretty comfortable with cameras. <laughs> yeah, you might, not, okay, be, you might okay. not be familiar with my work. I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable. Wow. Right, right. I yeah, because I, I didn't listen when it first came out because I don't think I even knew what podcasts were in, in what was it, 2010? Like, that yeah. stuff has really exploded. And so to be out in front like that, Good eye. Good yeah. eye on that. Yeah. At, at the time, there we, the only other show that I had that I knew of at the time, Battlestar Galactica had done something more of a um, – I think they had done more of a director's commentary podcast where you could play it along with the episode. Oh. And then Breaking Bad, I think just before us, did this where I think their editor um, hosted a podcast with cast and crew – uh, but otherwise, I don't think any other show had done it. And I don't know the, any other shows still to this day, other than what I'm working on now, which we'll talk about yeah. later, uh, have done it. Um, yeah. And and uh, then after the show was over, you know, after a couple of years, Fox took the podcast down, just something they didn't want to 
they just don't keep things mm-hmm. going. But since the show's back on Hulu now, we all went back to Fox and said, can you put it back up? And they said, sure. What do you want to call it? And I was like, oh, this is so much fun. And so my, my greatest co-claim to fame as far as this show goes, you know, Craig and Carter and the writers would definitely steal from every, the headlines of everyone's lives, mostly the writers. Mm-hmm. But where I contributed was, first of all, my wife and I did share a toothbrush, <gasps> which was, I guess I told Craig about this at some point, which turned to something about a toothbrush with Lillian Marshall sharing. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't quite remember, of course, the story, but that yeah. happened. And then also, I'll, I'll on this podcast lay claim to it, and I don't think anyone will deny it, though the exact origins are murky, but in college, whenever you said something like, let's have a private conversation, I would salute oh my private God. conversation. What? That's like one of the yeah. best running jokes on this show. I know. So when that appeared, finally, Craig was very excited to email me that day. And so we finally got it onto the show. And this was something that me and Craig and our friends, Noah and Joel, who also fit into the world of how I met your mother in one way or another, we would all annoy each other with over the course of time. And so private joke was what we came up with to, to rename the, the, the new, the, the new old version of the podcast I uh, was very excited to get That's it. That's awesome. And are, are you doing some little updates to it? Is it mostly intact? So, um, well, they don't pay me anymore, right, right. so I'm, <laughs> I'm not doing anything. But um, we recently uh, asked, and you guys helped with this, we asked for some questions. And so we are scheduling an interview. We'll probably hopefully do two separate interviews, one with Craig, one with Carter. These might have already posted by the time you hear this. So we will have those two bonus new episodes uh, coming down the So park. freaking cool. That's so exciting. So we've heard a little bit about your behind the camera work. Yes. But there's also a, a piece of you that I really want to hear about. And that was your time yes. as Todd in in season yeah. one before you were officially working for the show so how did that happen yes best prom ever yes and the reason i remember that is not because of course it was my episode i remember it not true i don't remember anything <laughs> it's because i still get residuals from that what that's amazing so about once every two months i get a check that almost pays for me and my family to go out to dinner almost if it's a if it's like hot dogs <laughs> um so one day yeah i had in the first season again i'm getting it mixed up but i, I started shooting some of the behind the scenes stuff for the dvds i think in season two but in season one um, yeah, one day the, the call just came and Craig said, we got a little thing for you to do. And, um, I said, okay. And, uh, what was particularly nice, uh, financially speaking is that one little bit. So I run down the street and then I'm in the elevator yep. because of a scheduling snafu. We shot it on two separate days, which means I got paid twice. Hey, hey not going to complain. Um, <laughs> Super fun. So there's a, uh, on the 20th Century Fox lot, there's something called New York Street, which is where 
every exterior, almost every exterior happens wow. on the show and, um, they redress it for everything. You know, nothing suits me like a suit. That whole music video is, you know, down that, down that big New York street outside of McLaren's outside of, of the, of the main apartment. All of that is on that street and anything else that Fox makes is on that street redressed in one way or another. Wow. So we're running down that street and then we turn into a building, right? We go inside. Then the next thing you see is we're in the elevator. And uh, so we're the, – the first shot is running down the street. The second shot is uh, I'm running in and I'm behind Allison. And as we're running up these stairs, I got it in my head to grab her arm. <gasps> that was your idea? No, well, this is a terrible idea <laughs> because I didn't say, hey, Allie, I'm going to grab your arm. I just, you just did it. grabbed her arm so that because Todd wanted to get in there first. But I, you A, shouldn't grab someone's arm while they're running. B, while they're walking, running up a flight of steps. <laughs> right. And C, while they're Allison Hannigan and they need to be on this TV show for a while. So, like, the moment I did it, I, like, actually pulled her back. <laughs> my brain was like. That was terrible, (laughs) but, uh, it is in the show. So I guess at least we got that. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's incredible. Um, so you have any other memorable moments from your time as Todd? Have we heard the Todd story? There is no more Todd other than my occasionally pitching that Todd should return. (laughs) I said, no, 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 you don't understand. Todd and Valerie, they broke up and Todd (laughs) appears, he's at the wedding and he's drunk or he's, I had, I had, I had plenty of pitches to get myself back on the show. I love it. And. And they're like, dude, we hired you to work on the show. You're, it's good. You're, you're good. We, I was like, yeah, I know. You've, you've already changed my life. I don't, I don't need more. But the fans, they want Todd. Oh, they, did, they didn't. They needed more they Todd. Care. They didn't care. Was a chief complaint, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it was a show full of callbacks, so your odds were were pretty good. I thought so. <laughs> I, I am in there again. I'm in in the last season. I'm in the bar. There's something. So in a couple of seasons, you look for it again. I'm somewhere in a bar in a flashback in season nine. Whoa. Um, Perfect. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. And, and then uh, in terms of the podcast, yeah, I mean, having the big stars there was great. Having the cast in there was was always fantastic. Um, we did some episodes. A really fun one was – Neil Patrick Harris was going to, he couldn't, he couldn't, he didn't have time to sit down to do one. He sat a few times, but this time he didn't have time. So we just, I just went on set with him for a couple hours. Oh, cool. So the podcast is like overhearing him on set and then coming off and the, you know, getting some directions from Pam and Craig. And so it's a little fly on the wall episode, which I really liked. Ooh. Has that one been released yet? Not re-released yet. We will get to that. We will get to that. So far, we had had Kobe a few weeks ago, and the cast sort of spreads out throughout. Um, Josh was on it a lot. Jason was on it once. So we we did well. That's awesome. Very cool. Wow. I'm still reeling from getting to do that. Um, I feel, like, excited all over again. I know. Right? So many gems that I, like, forgot that he said. 
I know. You know I mean? totally forgot most of what he said, if I'm honest. Yeah. Well, I mean, or, it was a while ago. Um, but when did we record that? Months ago. And we've just been sitting on it. And I can't believe we haven't like said anything about I it either. Know. I know. We were going to wait because Alec uh, was a huge part. He was very instrumental in some stuff on Sandcastles in the Sand. So he had a lot of information mm-hmm. about that episode. We were going to wait until then to release this interview. But we can't talk about sign language without talking about Alec. And the yeah. fact that he made that scene happen. Mm-hmm. And that there's like a bit happening at Wesley in this episode, and he went to Wesley and with the guys. Yeah, perfect episode. There's a lot of connections. Yeah, perfect episode to talk about it. So thank you a million times over to Alec. Thank you, thank you, um, thank you, Alec. He did mention that he would be willing to come back on, so we might be able to talk to him more in the future. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I, we'll see. Oh my god. We'll see. No promises, but thank you. I'm just so happy much. with what we had. Oh my god. Me too. So happy. That was so fantastic. Um, yeah. So let's get back into our our episode. All right. <clears throat> so, yeah, Barney decides he's not going to play along anymore and says that, you know, well, at least I didn't resort to meeting her in a desperate way, like online. <laughs> but she doesn't pick up on it. And so Barney just gets closer and just says online <laughs> and waits again. And finally, that third time that he says online, She's like, oh, you told them. Mm-hmm. She cannot believe it. And Ted's like, yeah, I I did tell them. But you know what? That's okay because it's real life. And people don't make eye contact from across the room and fall in love. But then Barney points out that that's not really true. That's exactly how he met Robin. Mm-hmm. And it's important, oh, it's important to note that Robin is wearing a beautiful green, much like the first night that they met. <gasps> So there's a nice little parallel there. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. I didn't notice. So like, hmm. but the, here's the thing. They've broken up. Right. You know, but there's still this thread of like Robin is really important. And what happened with Robin doesn't happen every day. So, and even the thing about when she takes you back, you're not going to remember my name. Later mm-hmm. on in the episode, there's just like these little hints happening that maybe Robin and Ted still have some unfinished business. Yeah. You know, feels like they're laying some groundwork, but we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, blah, blah gets up and leaves the table. And then we have this like cute check in with Barney about how she's <laughs> doing on the scale. Mm-hmm. And that's when we first find out about the Shelly, Shelly Gillespie zone, who was totally crazy and tried to kill Barney with a brick. Yep. Um, so we get a scene with blah, blah and Ted up at the bar and she is pissed. And, but also like, it all makes sense as to why Robin has been undermining her all night. (laughs) I mean, right at that very moment, she's laughing at her. And this is when we get to see how crazy she is because the camera pans to Robin who couldn't look more disinterested in what's going on. She's looking like, totally away from where Ted and blah blah are just eating a nut and eating and chewing and just staring off into the distance yeah and but this is this is crazy girl Mm -hmm. like making up shit and believing it like when Ted is there witnessing that Robin's not even looking at her but blah blah it says she's laughing at her yeah and the craziest thing of all is that these these people and we're using crazy in a way that is 
not necessarily like they literally have something wrong with them. This bitch has a personality disorder. Let's just be honest. But like they create situations where there is a self-fulfilling prophecy. So she made it impossible for Ted to tell her the truth. So then when the truth comes out, she it ver- it, it validates her feeling that Ted is hiding something from her. So she's created this paranoia in her head and it's just paid off when she finds out that Ted hasn't told her that he dated Robin for a year. Exactly. It just and it sucks because then you can't stop the crazy because now she knows that she was right in her in her mind. Right. Not good. Ted wants to make amends, so he decides to tell this crazy bitch a secret that he has kept from his two best friends for 10 years. So, like, did he not have sex with her yet? Like, is that what this is? He needs to just jerk off and calm down. It's so gross. Right? I just, I was so mad at him when he did this. But uh-huh. so he decides to tell blah, blah, that he made out with Lily the night before she met Marshall. And that's why she was making her way to Hewitt 110. Mm-hmm. And we get this scene of <clears throat> Ted and Lily meeting at this freshman orientation party and he offers her some of his wine pinot noir he's like, from europe <laughs> he's so pretentious uh. it's disgusting and she gives him a sip or he gives her a sip and she's like oh it's fruity because he cut it with fucking cranberry juice it's pretty strong caitlin that's pretty strong <laughs> he's like yeah it's pretty strong like Oh, he's so good at that playing that character, though. Yeah, and then on the opposite end of the spectrum is Marshall. Just doing a keg stand <sighs> across the room. Which, they're doing a fucking keg stand. They're just having a full alcoholic party in a common yeah. room in a college. I, it was hard for me to believe that they were having this big rager in a college... Like, on a co- in a college campus yeah. building as freshmen. And not in like a, like it seemed like it seemed school sponsored this kegger. Yeah, oh. it does. Well, it was like 1998. Yeah, so maybe they were just like, "You're 18, come on in." I don't know, but that was just interesting to me. Do you do you remember when Chris and I took a trip to Wesleyan? Yeah, we went to Hewitt Hall. Yeah, how was it? It was good. I have pictures. I'm looking for them right now. Did you go to room 110? No, we couldn't get in. It was in the summertime. Oh, man. Um, but we did find Hewitt Hall, and we were like, look, I bet Marshall and Lily and Ted went and watched football games over at this football field. Aww. We're like, we're thinking about all the things that these fake people did. Can we post a picture on Patreon of you guys at yeah, Hewitt Hall? Definitely. Awesome. All right, cool. Look for that this week, friends. I will. That's awesome. Um, I have a question before we go further. Yes. Blah blah whispers something in Ted's ear that makes her hotness go off the charts. Probably anal. That is exactly what I wrote. Thank you, best friends. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> I just wrote anal question mark. Yeah. So perfect. Great. Yeah, I didn't even really question it. Yeah. I was like, oh, just probably anal. anal. I mm-hmm. thought maybe like a little like a uh, pearl necklace or something, but it's probably <laughs> anal. Let's be honest. Uh, or ATM if she really wanted to go way up. What? Asked a mouth. ATM. Like <laughs> she would do it to him? He would take his dick out of her ass and shove it in her mouth. Oh, 
Oh my god. <laughs> Disgusting. That's not real. Who does that? Yeah. I don't know, but it fucking disgusts me. You're going to get E. coli. You're going to get sick. That's, that is a MRSA waiting to happen. Right? You How is that sexy? Or like a scat MRSA? Play? Stop. We're done. We're not doing like, this. Like, I'm very sex positive, <laughs> you guys. <laughs> I don't count that. You know what? Everyone has their limits. Poopy play is. <laughs> I'm sorry us. if that is if that is your thing. That is a very specific that's why we're thing, only and you know sevens, it. not tens. Because <laughs> <laughs> we won't play with poop. I'll take it. Hey, I'm happy with my seven. Oh yeah, my god, I love being a seven. Don't ever talk to me about ass to mouth ever again in your life. <laughs> Ugh, gross. Okay. All right. All right. Continue. Sorry. 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 <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I'm like so lost. I'm sorry I'm with all so the talk of of butts and things. No, so blah blah thre- blah blah threatens to tell Marshall because Ted is like, we can't tell him; it'll destroy him. And yeah. she's like, I'll fucking tell him. Which like send this woman home. She's awful. Why is she so? But here? also, like, how did Ted not? Ugh. Like, come on, Ted. He come needs on to get. He needs to come on. get some. He needs to clean the pipes. Seriously, does he not heard of jerking off before you go on a date? This is unbelievable. I guess not. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they're teaching those boys in Ohio. God, right? But I feel I feel like that was like standard practice. Should be. Damn. Acting all kinds of crazy on these dates. Seriously. Um anyway. Mm. So blah blah marches over. And wants Lily to tell everybody how she really met Ted. And she insists that she tell everyone. And Lily's kind of confused, like, what the fuck? Because this this doesn't make any sense. Like, you know, so they make a quick exit to the bar to talk about it privately. And Ted does his, like, Lily, come on. <laughs> come on. Come on. Yeah, that's come great. On. And she's totally clueless she has no idea so ted tells her that the night before she met marshall they made out and he was and she's like oh you're too much tongue guy <laughs> and he's like super uh he's super hurt but not also also not really surprised because she's apparently unreasonably small mouth opening girl yeah. yep we also get uh, as Lily comes to the realization, she gives Ted a 16 nose situation. She's like, no, yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, God, imagine. No. Oh, God. Ugh. Um, Ted was so cringy then, too. Like, on top of it being, I, like, your best friend in the world, like, your brother, basically, he was so... So pretentious, and she she would have fallen for it. She fell for that other guy's bullshit. I know. So yeah. Oh God. <clears throat> so meanwhile, uh, we find out how Marshall and Barney met, which of course was at McLaren's, mm-hmm. and we have Barney launching into this. What did I say? We have Barney launching into this monologue. I feel like I said launching. No, I don't know. <laughs> Who can say? I don't know. We can't stop. Well, I guess I could stop and rewind and listen, but that's, that's stupid. Right. Um, he goes into this long monologue and tells 
Barney or tells Marshall that he's only slept with one person, which is only acceptable for eleven year olds, which is disgusting. disgusting, Barney. And he's telling him he's gonna get him another girl, and you know, from now on he's gonna make all of Marshall's decisions. And Marshall's like just staring at him blank faced and says, I'm sorry, who are you? <laughs> and then Barney describes himself as Yoda, but instead of being little and green, he's wears suits and is awesome. He's a Broda. And you know, I, in my notes here is where I write that it was about three years post Shannon, and I'm just wondering, like, who has he been mm. around? So I know we sort of started talking about how he has changed since he started hanging around humans again, but yeah, who has he been hanging out with? What has he been doing? I think he just kind of Floats? devolved into himself. He's got those shitty work friends like Blauman and Bilson, so I'm guessing that's true. He's probably surrounded himself with a bunch of other uh loser guys and has just been watching star wars mm. but then again like star wars is kind of where all the guys connect so they, connect, they kind yeah. of get to him at his like pre barney stuff you know yeah so for sure yeah. um so barney points out this hottie who he's gonna have marshall try and hook up with mm-hmm. and she's totally out of his league but Marshall walks right up to her and gives her a big old smooch because, duh, it's Lily, who is, like, super redheaded, yep, that bright orange beautiful hair. Beautiful, fake-ass lace front. Yep. Yep. In a <laughs> weird outfit, like a mock yeah. turtleneck T-shirt. It is strange. What were we doing in 2001, guys? What were we doing? Uh, I'm glad it's over. I don't know. Glad it's over. Um, so, yeah, so Barney had fallen for that for about a week and followed Marshall around asking him to teach him how to live because he didn't realize that that was the girl <laughs> Marshall was dating. That's right. Um, so Lily comes back over from the bar really worried and mm-hmm. shocked, and she wants to talk to Marshall alone. But before she can whisk him away, Blah Blah swoops in and just yells, Lily and Ted made out. What do you think about that? Think of that, Robin. Robin. <laughs> That's just so good. I love again. Nails. She is just fixated, fixated on Robin. Poor Robin is just taking so much heat this episode. I probably would have left if I were her. Like this is not worth it. It was Ooh. so fucking amazing, though. She gets to watch a lot of Ted's just full fuckery. Now that they're they're apart, and my God. Mm-hmm. Um, so Lily catches up Marshall on what she just found out from Ted, that she made out with him the night of the freshman party. And Marshall, however, is 100% sure that they made out with other people. He's so not worried. Yeah, because in fact, he even has names for these other people. Is it Alexa Leskies and Connor O'Reilly? Colin O'Reilly. Colin O'Reilly. And so that, I mean, that's good enough for, for Lily and, and everyone. I mean, of, if not. He peed in the wrong guy's shampoo, man. Right. <laughs> that's such a college thing to do. Disgusting. 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 Um, so at this point, Blah Blah is beside herself because she really thought she had a one-up on a couple like I don't know why she cares but she's insane so that's why yeah there's no reasoning right and so she says you swore 
that it was Lily. Like, it's really important. And he just said, I guess I made a mistake. But you can tell he doesn't think he made a mistake. He's being really fucking smug. Yeah. And he's just kind of like, I guess it was a mistake, you know. And he says at the end of the scene that, you know, the story was worth preserving. And that's, I think, a very himian thing of, you know, sometimes the story is more important than the, the literal truth. And so he just he doesn't want to ruin that for Marshall and Lily because in the end it doesn't matter, you know, how yeah. they met, right? It's it's that they met. And um mm-hmm. but then we find out as blah blah just unravels, which we didn't think was possible. We thought she had already pretty much unraveled, but she flips out. I'm making handbags. I'm writing a memoir memoir. This is totally my year. Like strike one, two, three, crazy bitch right there. She basically like lists her CV, yeah, you know, of re- I'm going of red flags, her yeah. CV full of red flags. You know, this is yeah. totally my year. My name, you're going to see blah, blah up in lights, blah, blah. which I love. And then, we used to do that. It was like a joke between us for a while. Really? I yeah. Blah, 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 like blah, blah. And, um, and then this is just like the beautiful nail in the coffin of next time you're on world of Warcraft. <laughs> Don't talk to me. So we knew they met online, but we didn't Ooh. know where or how. I mean, I would have I would have lied about how I met him if it was on fucking World of Warcraft. That makes Same. sense. And so, yeah, so we uh, zoom out of that and blah, blah. Uh, Future Ted says that blah, blah didn't turn out to be your mother to the kids. And he said at that point, there wasn't a doubt in his mind that the – Girl he kissed was Lily, but the story was worth preserving mm-hmm. until 20 years later. Dun, dun, dun. Bah, bah, bah. We see them in the same place, and Alexa Leskies runs into Ted, and she does a kind of like, Ted, come on. <laughs> like, remember, hey, that last time we were here, and he's like, I've, don't, I have no idea what you're talking about. Mm. And so she tells him that they made out. And he's like dumbfounded that, oh, my God, it w- really wasn't me. Marshall was right. Marshall was right all along. Like, fuck you, Ted, first of all. Right? So he's like, awesome. So I'm not too much tongue guy. And Alexa is like, well. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Sorry. Sorry. Can we talk about Marshall and Lily? I mean, this is the second time we've seen them as – 20 years out of college. Mm-hmm. Um, Why do they look so much older than Ted? Is it because so of his like stressful job? Well, Marshall loses all his hair. I don't know if that's, it might be stress. just might be, I mean, Marshall's dad is bald. Oh, that's true. You know? I thought it, re- I thought it was like a female, like a trait carried on your mom's side. Or is that just like a lie? Yeah, it might be. But like, I mean, they do. We don't really do daylight savings time for farmers. Right. I mean, they do talk later about, how he lost most of his hair like in a year because it was like a stressful <laughs> period. So, um, but I do think, like I said, when we were talking about, we're not from here that they were aged way up here. And I think they scale it back in the future. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they look fucking rich though. They look like they are wealthy. Wealthy. And they did. And we're not from here too. Like the whole place was like very well appointed. Like they look like whatever like he does. All right. right. Or they do. All right. They do. All right. Like yeah. Whatever happens between the present day That's right. and 
their 20th anniversary or 20th reunion of co- college reunion they make some fucking money so it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see because right now they're like pinching pennies right marshall still doesn't have a real job lily's right. a kindergarten teacher kindergarten so teacher stuff's gonna stuff's gonna change and i also mm-hmm. love ted's hair like this he looks so much he more handsome so handsome future ted's hair is the best Future Ted could probably get it, but I'm not sure if he's like that whiny. Oh no, Ted! Is, I I don't think I think Future Ted has grown out of it. Yeah, he can get it. He okay. can get it. I I mean that hair alone can what get it. What about bald older Marshall? Can Marshall get it? Marshall can. <laughs> no time Perfect. limit. I love it. Judge Judy uh, Lily in that fucking wig. Mm. I guess she can get it. Annie Potts. Annie Potts for sure, but it is almost like a Judge Judy wig. It is. And she looks... It's good, though. Yeah, it's bougie as fuck, but it's good. It is. (sighs) So later that night, they're still at the reunion. Uh, Mm -hmm. Old Marshall whips out (laughs) a sandwich that he's confiscated from some kids. And I love that it's in, like, a sandwich bag. Like, you would have, you know, like, a joint or something. Yep. It's just so perfect the way they the way they make it fully a sandwich, but you also know if it was weed what that bag would, would look like. It's just so great. Yeah. Um, and so they all sit down in front of a vending machine and enjoy the sandwich instead of puff, puff, or hold, hold. Oh, th- what would they say? Like, chew, chew. Chew, 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 swallow. Yeah. Um, and Lily does this great sandwiches are strong these days. I love the way she says she that. High too. She as sounds fuck. Yeah. She did a great job. But I love Ted's line. Oh, I know. He says, Where's my Where's wife? Where's my wife? She just starts laughing. Oh, so good. Mm-hmm. So we know that by his twentieth wedding anniversary, he is married and happy. Which is good. Mm-hmm. So there's all these little clues. He's still friends with Marshall and Lily. We don't see Robin, but it's their college reunion. We it's a college we thing, yeah. See her. Um, but yeah, they're still friends. Yeah, it's, so it's awesome. So good. So that's that's how I met everyone else. Have we ever told the story of how we met? Me and you. Yeah, me and you. I don't think so. Maybe in like how we met. Did we have a first intro like how we met each other? Yeah, but that was so long ago. I mean, it was just like a why we're doing the podcast thing. Oh. But yeah, so uh let's tell that story. Okay. Um I was 6 months old. Yeah. Caitlin was like I was 9 months older. Yeah. She was <laughs> a little older and uh my mom was going back to work. Needed mm-hmm. a place for me to live while she was at work. Yep. And to house to you. house me and raise me and potty train me, basically. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Caitlin's mom was a fantastic daycare provider in the area that she knew through friends. And I started going every single fucking day. And then my brother and sister every came day. and we spent yep. entire summers together mm-hmm. watching passions and doing talent shows and the talent uh, shows making such talent. <laughs> I mean, the fact that we are not famous. Seriously. Really is, 
I'm surprised. Honestly. The ribbon dancer work alone. Oh, out of this world. <laughs> Unparalleled. Our trailers made out of refrigerator boxes, little curtains on the windows. Oh, the details. Second to the none. The details, you know? Yeah. I, my, one of my favorites, and I was talking to somebody about this. I was like, oh, we used to do like crazy refrigerator boxes. I was like, yes. one year I made. I made a doorbell. Yes, you and did. I had a bell on a string yes. and put the string through and you would pull on it and it would fucking ring the bell. And then we'd open the curtains and sing the Three's Company yeah. song. Yeah. <laughs> come on, knock on my That's door. That's right. That was so good. Aww. I know. I used to try, I used to fight with my sister about who got to have Kate more. She was always in the middle. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And, but like. You always won. I Oh, absolutely. But Amy, you had more status. Yeah. <laughs> like you got to have like the better parts and the That's skits true. and the plays that we she did. She had more pull. She had more she pull. She did. That's true. Because she yes. was in charge. She was the puppet That's master. True. She respected my, uh, my I, ladder I mean, climbing. <laughs> I had to. I had to. I gave, you a, I gave you a little step That's up. That's true. That's so true. But I, I mean, always in came back. My sister used to. Huh? I always came back to you. You always did. You always did. Oh, my God. If you love something, you let it free, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. I loved yeah. playing walkie-talkies on you. We had headset walkie-talkies. Yeah. And so we tried, we would, like, test out the range. Like, one of us would ride to, like, the opposite end of the street, and we'd mm-hmm. say, like, Amy smells into it and see if we could hear it. Yeah, like, hee I love, I still love a good walkie-talkie. Hell, Yeah. I always would get them for Jack for Christmas, and he, he's an only child. Oh, What's he gonna no. do? Not a whole lot. <laughs> that's rude. Not Caitlin. a whole lot. Yeah. So that's uh, that's our origin story, and we did used yeah. to make radio shows and record them, mm-hmm. which is so funny that we're doing this now, like yeah. almost thirty years later. Meant to be. Fucking wild. All right. So. Uh, you want to get into these legendary moments? Yeah. I feel like this episode, How I Met Your... The, the title, How I Met Everyone Else, is pretty self-explanatory. So we can just jump yeah. right into these bad boys. All right. Our first legendary moment is from Ronnie. And Ronnie writes, legendary moments. Blah, blah's whole character. Shaking my damn head funny, especially the handbags. <laughs> LOL. Two, the hot crazy scale. Classic Barney BS. Funny. Amen. Agreed. Good ones, Ronnie. All right. Next one is from Tish, one of our fantastic, fantabulous patrons. And Tish says, hey, ladies, I feel like season three picks up here. Agreed. Agreed. Mm -hmm. Uh, My legendary moment is when Robin says no 16 times in relation to the question, are you dating Barney? You and my wife have that in common, Tish. Uh, the look on Barney's face is amazing. Regards, Tish. <coughs> of. Thank you, Tish. Our n- <clears throat> Thank you. Our next one is from another patron, Bobby. Bobby writes, hello, ladies. My legendary moment from this episode is the reveal of exactly how Ted met Blah Blah online. Yes. I love that they met playing World of Warcraft. I actually have an acquaintance who met his now wife on World of Warcraft and clearly it worked out for them. Wow. How about That's that? That's crazy. I always tell people I'm so glad I met my husband before online dating and dating apps really took off because I'm pretty sure I would be single forever if Aww. that was the way I had to meet someone. I hope you're both doing well. Oh, 
well, there's also, like, a second layer to the World of Warcraft reveal where they're actually, like, they show them in the game and Ted is the girl (laughs) in the the actual thing. It's it's an amazing moment for sure. Thanks, Bobby. And just remember, if you're a patron, we will read your entire email. Stem to stern. That doesn't mean you should get crazy. Yeah, yeah. But we will read it. So, yeah. Challenge accepted. Uh, the next one is from Susan, and Susan says, Legendary moment is Marshall and Ted meeting, and Marshall thinks he's the dean. When he realizes he's not, it's also funny because of how high Ted is. Excellent moment. It's going to be hard to Love. pick for me to pick one, I think. I know. All right. Next up is Abha, and Abha writes, My favorite legendary moment starts from the time when Ted reveals that his first meeting between Barney and Ted didn't go exactly as he recalls. He goes on to reveal how it was different. Then Barney reveals they know Ted met Blah Blah online and that he and Robin met across a crowded room, much like the way Blah Blah Mm -hmm. described. This scene is so well-written because it doesn't hog the limelight of Robin meeting Ted as that's the big opening of the series and still addresses it in such a fun, connective way with the theme of the episode, which is how they met everyone else. That's right. We've got a nice little tie back mm-hmm. there. Next up yeah. is our friend in South Africa, Tanya, who is also a patron. Ooh, this is a big one, girl. All right. That's what she said. Hey. All right. So it says, good day, ladies. It's been a while, but I'm back, baby doll. (laughs) (laughs) This episode is a Himyum classic. The crazy hot scale. Hey, she says it like you. Gets referenced often by my friends and I. Does it make me a bad feminist, though? Nah. I don't know. Uh, let the feminist gods decide. I have been the crazy lady introduced to my boyfriend's friends, overcompensating just to be liked and accepted. And I have the judge Judy. I have been the judge Judy to the new girlfriend introduced into the friend group. Either way, the crazy hot scale is hilarious, problematic, but still so funny. Absolutely true. Oh, and she wrote, what would be a good scale to rate men on the the hot douchey scale? It's been decided. Hmm. Um, I don't have one moment as my legendary moment. This whole episode is a legendary moment. The college, Ted, Marshall, and Lily, whoopee, especially Marshall, (laughs) so adorable. We know she has a big thing for Marshall. I would have totally dated him when I was in university. The perfect small town boy with yes and please manners. Ooh, who can resist that? Such a memorable episode and definitely one of my top 10. Interesting. Hmm. One little minor gripe, the 42-year-old Marshall, Lily, and Ted look too old. <laughs> I am, don't we know I am it? 42, and maybe I have on rose-tinted glasses, but I don't look that old. Well, Tanya, you're also not white, and white people do not age all that well. But 42 no. is still pretty young. I agree. They, they kind of age them too much. But uh, I think um, lack of melanin might also be playing a role in this situation. Because <laughs> I will not be looking as good as Tanya does. When I am 42. Um, Those aged versions of the gang look 52. I agree with that. That's all for now, folks. Stay awesome and classy. Lots of love. Your favorite South African sister, T. Thanks, Tanya. Thanks, Tanya. I want to go to South Africa so bad now. Next up is Bethany, who is also a patron. Bethany writes, my legendary moment for this week is the reveal that in 2020, Ted finally confirms he did not make out with (laughs) Lily. It's easy to forget about this episode, but think about all the episodes in the future of the show, knowing that Ted 100% believes he has made out with his best friend's wife. True. Hmm. 
I also like the comic reveal that their online meeting was actually through a yes. game. Yes. Look, looking forward to hearing everyone else's legendary moments. Stay beautiful, Bethany. Yay, good one, Bethany. Thanks, Bethany. Yeah, I love those little moments. Um, next up is Allie, who's another one of our patrons, and she says, this is one of my favorite episodes. It's a good one. I love how mm-hmm. it's an excuse to recap how everyone knows everyone else. Yeah, and I like, personally, for me, I, I just love that they did it in a way that didn't feel forced. It made mm-hmm. sense that they were doing it and that Ted was just trying to distract this woman, basically. Um, I love how, uh, blah, blah, blah. I think it's, I think there's a ton of legendary moments in it. So I think I'm just going to pick my favorite of the How They Met stories. My favorite is how Marshall met Barney. It's nice to see someone get one over on Barney for once, and it was adorable. Though Marshall thinking Ted was the dean is cute. Very, <laughs> very good. I don't know what mine's going to be. There's so many good ones. I know. I have two really good ones. <clears throat> and I might just have to say them both because one is, <clears throat> well, it doesn't matter. We'll get there. Okay. Last legendary moment is from Russell, another one of our patrons. He's also one of the sponsors of this episode along with Yay. Tish. He writes, hey, beautiful ladies. My legendary moment for this episode is when Marshall and Lily were making out with Barney saying, that man is a god. <laughs> Talk to you later, Russell. Thanks, Russell. Good one. Mm-hmm. All right, you go first. What's your legendary moment or what are okay. they? I'll allow to. So the reveal of sandwiches because. Yes. Yep. Hilarious. I agree with that. Right, so I love that. Mm-hmm. But blah, blah. Yes. Blah, fucking blah. Oh, I want to say, too, uh, I forgot this, that Gloria Calderon Kellett, uh, who wrote this episode, won a National Council of La Raza Alma Award for Outstanding Writing for a Television Series for this episode. Yay! So well deserved. Because it was so... So I think that writing, the way the episode was written, that writing was really important, and the way uh, Abigail Spencer played Blah Blah was just perfection. Hell yeah. yeah. So good. I can't narrow... I I can't narrow it down any further than that, though. Yeah. Like, I know those are kind of, like, generic. No, those are good. Um, I think I'm going to give it to Ted's switcheroo of the sign language. Where he... Yeah? I thought that was... I think that's a good one. I, it's either... It was a tie between that and Barney just constantly telling blah, blah, she was crazy without her knowing it. That was an... That's a good one. So I think those are my my two online. favorite moments. Yeah. Online. Online. <laughs> So, so good. good. All right. That's it. This was fast. Wow. Look at us. That's what she said. <laughs> What's the next episode? It's it's a really good one. I just don't remember what it is. It's uh I'm not that guy. Yes. <gasps> Jeff Coatsworth. I can't wait. John Cho is fucking hot. All right, anyway. <laughs> so another heartfelt deep thank you to Alec Lev for giving us his time yes. um, just to talk to two two kids out here trying to do something yeah. make something that they love and are proud That's of right. uh, but for real just like it was so incredible um, and he's been very kind and very generous with us and yeah. our podcast and to give us an hour of his time is just absolutely mm-hmm. amazing so thank you again Alec yes, thank you um, yeah, and hopefully we'll get you back on the show. 
And to you, dear listener, thank you. See you next time for I'm Not That Guy. Send us your legendary moments to heybeautifulpodcast at gmail.com. Remember to put the title in the subject, I'm Not That Guy, so Kate can find it easily. Yes. And if you love this recap, please leave us an iTunes review. It helps other people find the podcast so that our hashtag HB family can grow. Um, It's been pretty cool to see uh, the new fans that we've gotten Mm -hmm. and um, how our family's grown. And it's really amazing. So leave us a review. Yeah, we have, I think, 43 right now. I would love to have 50 by the end of the season. So Mm -hmm. please, if you have not taken a chance, wherever you live, I'll be able to find them. I have like an international app thing where I can see reviews from other countries. Mm-hmm. So please leave us a review. Thank you so much in advance. They really do help us get the word mm-hmm. out for sure. Yeah. And be sure to subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Spotify so you never miss an episode. We hope you'll come back next episode. Because it's going to be legend. Wait for it. This has been Hey Beautiful with your hosts, Kate Gorton and Caitlin Turner. Our intro-outro music is by Owl All.